welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. So when you're thinking about the best summer ever, we had some, a little poll about, you know, what would make it the best summer ever. And um, surprisingly, I, I, to me at least, I think that spending time with family beat out the Cavs winning the championship, which is a good thing, too. Maybe you all just saw, like I did, that it wasn't going to happen. And you're like, hey, let's take, let's take the next, the thing that we can actually have. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, yeah. Let's leave that one where it is. But it was really interesting to me that something of, that something of rest and, and peace is what people are longing for. I really think that there's no way to have the best summer ever without rest. It has to include this deep rest. And the only problem with having the best summer ever of rest is that I, I just feel like we're terrible at resting. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me or if it's just my generation, but like I, I struggle with it. I don't always know how to rest. I think we all have this longing for it. Like all of us would say that like, oh yeah, summer, I want it to be restful. I want to, you know, feel, take deep breaths and recharge. And then what we actually live out is something a little bit different. And again, I, I want you to hear in all that I'm saying, like I was praying to the Lord is like, I don't want you to hear like judgment and condemnation. I, God is calling us forward into something. And it's something of peace that's going to launch us into who God has us to be in this coming season. But it, it is something that we need to learn how to do. And I felt like God gave me, showed me a picture in the Bible. You know, we, we might think that our generation is unique, but we struggle with the same things that people have always been struggling with. And let me just read to you a little bit today. You guys can turn there if you want. I'm going to read from Isaiah 55. Isaiah said these words to the Israelites thousands of years ago, but man, as I was reading this, I just felt the word of God to our generation. So I'm going to read this whole passage now. So I'm going to read the whole chapter because these are the most important words I'll say during this time. Hopefully God will use some of my own words too, but this is the word of God to us. So just let it sink in and we'll be circling back around to it as we go. So Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you and my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. 
Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. Amen. Do you hear it in there? The call to a generation that spends its time and money on things that don't satisfy. And the vision that God is offering of what it could be instead. From this passage, I want to suggest three ways that we get rest wrong. (laughs) I entitled the talk today, Rest That Works. And... A lot of us, I think, are just trying things for rest that, that don't really work. I got, I'm going to suggest three that we get it wrong and three things we can do instead. Really simple. And I'm just going to start right off with the heaviest, hardest one. So here we go. The first one, rest is not distraction. Rest is not distraction. If you're following along in the outline... The first thing we need to know about rest is that rest only comes from God, true rest. Did you guys know that? In fact, this whole, uh, this whole idea for this talk today started because one of these uh, songs that my son listens to all the time, maybe you've heard them if you have kids in kids' ministry and Tammy's giving you the CD. My son is always singing songs, really uh, almost constantly. It's, it's pretty crazy. And one of them is... Uh, from Psalm 62, verse 1, and it says, My soul finds rest in God alone. And it's one of those ones that's just like, it's in your head forever and ever. And you, <laughs> you, you could start getting frustrated. But then, man, if that really sinks into you, I was like, wait a second, what am I singing? Because I was just found myself singing it as I was walking through here at work one day. And I was like, man, what am I really singing? My soul finds rest in God alone. That's a... That's really an amazing claim. There's nothing else that's going to do it. Jesus said the same thing. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He didn't really offer any other choices. This is where it's located. Rest is here with me. And come to me, that sounds a lot like Isaiah 55, 3. Hey, listen and come to me. 455 1, come all you are thirsty, come. So just as a baseline, this is and this you might something in your heart might like protest this that God is the only place that rest is. But I think you'll find that 
it's true. Other things make the claim, but nothing else can deliver. The reason, I think, is God, God is the ultimate reality, if that makes sense. How to say that? I am is his name. He is. He exists. That's who he is. He is real. That's the hallmark of his existence. So when we spend our time in anything that is a fantasy, anything that leads us into the realm of things that aren't real, we're not at rest. I'll just say that one more time. When we spend our time in fantasy about what's not real, we're not at rest. Okay, so am I saying that all fantasy or entertainment is bad? Absolutely not. I'm just saying that it's not the same thing as rest. Does that make sense? We look to so many other things thinking that they're going to bring us rest. At least I do. I don't think I'm the only one, probably. We spend our time with so many different distractions when God has shown us the way. A while ago, God gave me this picture of what our lives are like looking for rest. We know intrinsically that we need rest. It's like if you were on the beach and it was noon and the sun is, one of those days where the sun is directly overhead and it it feels like it's like going all the way through you. And you're like, oh, it is so hot right now. I have to cool off immediately. And you said, okay, well, how am I going to do that? I know. The breeze, the breeze cools me off. So if I run really fast down the beach, I'll create enough breeze <laughs> and I'll feel cooler. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's silly, right? Imagine... It's as silly as you can imagine. That's how silly it is, what we do. You know, the beach has some funny-looking people. Just imagine the funniest-looking person you've ever seen at the beach, <laughs> like sprinting down, arms in the air, trying to get cool. <laughs> and that's... What, what should they do, right? The answer seems pretty obvious, right? You need to get cool, and you're at the beach. Jump in. But that's what we do all the time with our different distractions. The, the real rest is right there. It's right in front of us. It's so easy. But we're running around like maniacs with our arms in the air trying to find anything. And the thing about it that's tricky is that while you're running, you are creating breeze and you feel cooler. But when you stop, then you're hotter than you were before. And man, if that... That picture has stuck in my head ever since the Lord showed that to me. And I hope it, like, if that could just be a little alarm bell in your head whenever you're doing something that's not rest, then that'll get you somewhere if you don't remember anything else today. That picture is, is not how we want to be. We don't want <laughs> to be ridiculous that way. You know that that verse from the song I was talking about, my soul finds rest in God alone. Another translation has that saying, 
For God, for God alone, my soul waits silently. Do you know that only God can put silence in your soul? Have any of you ever wanted to have that? There's so many voices that go around in our hearts and our minds so often. God can put silence in your soul. For, for him alone, our souls will wait silently if we'll draw near to him. It's an amazing promise, an amazing gift. So, so really, you know, the, the temptation in all these things is just to be, make it about rules. And like, you know, you got to avoid distraction. And you got to pray this much every day. And you got to do, do, do all these things. But that, that isn't God's heart at all. It's really simple what he's asking us to do instead of being distracted. And it's just to pay attention. Pay attention to the true reality. Verses 2 and 3 say the word listen three times. It's like Isaiah was saying, listen. And no, really, listen. When you try to say that in Hebrew, you just say, listen, listen to me. Just listen, listen. And that's, that's what we need to do. To pay attention is what God is asking for. Instead of being distracted, what if we experienced the true reality? What if we soaked ourselves in the truth that we're the children of God, that his unconditional favor and acceptance rests on us because of the sacrifice of Jesus? What if we just experienced the reality of nature and let ourselves get small again? You ever notice when you go out among giant trees, how you start to feel small again? The world uh, is like made to distract us because that's how people sell things. They make us big. All our needs and problems are important. But when you go out into the woods, you realize that no matter what happens to you, those trees are still going to be swaying. God's world is going to continue, and it's a good thing to find yourself in that place. This is your father's world. You, do you know that hymn? I, lo- I just walk around singing that one sometimes. This is my father's world. Let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, he is the ruler yet. Hmm. You can find rest in that. I'm not just talking about like formal times of prayer. I'm talking about going out in the trees and experiencing the reality of God. So when I say pay attention, we want to pay attention to what the truth of the world is. God is the ultimate reality. His plans are going forward. Jesus' kingdom is coming, and we want to be a part of it. He's offered us the chance to. That's why I think God gave us imagination. You know, if it's wrong to imagine things, then I don't know what he gave us that ability for. I think God wants us to imagine his kingdom coming in its fullness and be inspired. When we pay attention, we want to pay attention not just to the reality of God, but the reality of what's really going on in our hearts. God has given us deeper dreams, really big ones sometimes, ones that are so big that they seem totally overwhelming, and all we just want to do is watch YouTube videos instead because we can't deal with it. 
Or is that just me? (laughs) But if we'll pay attention to the real longings in our heart, we'll find that they're the same longings that Jesus has, to see his kingdom come and be released. It's, it's risky to enter into our real hopes and our real dreams. We open ourselves up to real failure and real disappointment, but we also open ourselves up to real passion, real power, real life. The things that you really care about are important to pay attention to. I'll tell you a line. I tend to work in references to rap music into my sermons. I, I don't know why, but there's a, there's, a, there's a rapper, and his name is Andy Minio, and this line that he said just in the middle of a song about life and about passion, he said, tell me, how are you going to complete your life checklist spending every night watching Netflix? <laughs> or YouTube or whatever it is that you do. That life checklist, you know, it's more, than, it's more than just pie in the sky and dreaming. God is putting passion in your heart. And it's worth paying attention to. So again, it's not to say the things that distract you are evil, but you won't find rest there. And it won't launch you into the things that you really care about. The rest is not distraction. The rest only happens in real reality. Second one here, good uh, word for summer, is that rest is not vacation. (laughs) Rest is not vacation. They're not the same. Now, is vacation bad? Of course not. It's wonderful. But the thing is, we always try to make vacation do more than it can ever do, right? This needs to be the party of the lifetime and an experience of the year, and we want to come back feeling totally rested and refreshed for life. Do you, when you say it like that, it sounds silly, but every one of us has done that on vacation. Like All of it has to happen right now. And the reason that we put that much pressure on vacation is because we don't know how to rest in the rest of our lives. If we knew how to rest in the rest of our lives, when we finally got our two weeks off, we could just have the party of the year and not come back feeling like we need a vacation from our vacation. Have you, how many times have you heard somebody say that? Almost every time someone comes back, I feel like. We get so busy even with the really good things that God gives us. Like, is it a blessing that God gives us time away with our family and like money to enjoy good things? It is. It absolutely is. But we get so busy, even with our blessings, that we just forget to look for God. We get, like, we got this, we have this party to make happen. We got to be having so much fun. It's like the vacation pressure. (laughs) There's a Calvin and Hobbes strip. I love Calvin and Hobbes, where Calvin is stressing out at the beginning of summer. He's like, am I having as much fun as I could be having right now? (laughs) and like if I'm not how can I have more fun right now because I only have so much summer that's a very school age kid perspective on it but but it's easy for us to do that too it's not going to be sunny for that many days 
am I having as, as much fun as I could? And I just think that God wants us to live a life of rest that, where that pressure is released. What he's offering us instead is simply delight. Isaiah 55, 2 says, Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. What does it mean to delight? Do you know how to do it? I think I struggle with it, but as far as I can tell, it just means to, to consciously enjoy something in God's presence. This thing that you gave me is so good. You sometimes will have these moments, like with your kids, like sometime when they're not annoying you or singing the same song 40 times in a row. You're going to look at them like, what a great, like, wow, what a great person that we made. And that, that's a moment of delight. And if you welcome God into that, then you're delighting, and now you're starting to enter into rest. Delight, you know, and, and vacation is a time that can be filled with that delight if you'll set out to make it consciously about that. It can be filled with just taking in the fullness of how good God is. How amazing is the ocean? It's worth, you know, people say, oh, I'm just going to do nothing. I'm going to sit by the sea. You're not doing nothing. That's amazing. You're taking in the goodness of God. He made that. He made it for us, I think. Reflects his glory. And if you welcome him into your loving of that, that's, that's delight, and in that you'll find rest. I feel like I want to say more about that one, but time is already getting short. I'll give you a little tip for how you will know if you were resting on your vacation. Do you want to know how you'll know? You'll know if you were resting or not by what your re-entry is like. Does that make sense? Your re-entry back into your normal life. If you... If you're resting, you will come back to your normal life with strength and passion. The things, even if you, even if you went hard on your vacation, if you were resting, you'll come back in feeling like the problems of your life are able to be handled and that God is bigger than the things that are in your way. If you weren't resting, you'll come back and be like, what did I do that for? Why didn't I just stay home and do the thing, you know, the tasks that build up while you're gone will hit you like a lead weight and you'll just want to escape into distraction. It's interesting how the things go together. So you can tell about whether you were resting or not by your re-entry. I had an opportunity to take a day away not too long ago where I didn't have any responsibilities. I just turned off my phone and I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm going. And what I ended, I wanted to go to the National Park, Cuyahoga Valley National Park, amazing place. And what I ended up doing on my day of rest is I walked 10 miles of the trails. Um, and that might not like seem super restful on the face of it, 
But I know I was resting in my heart because when I got back, although my knees hurt a little bit, I was like, okay, life, here, come, here I come, life, I can do this. I was resting in God's presence. I was walking through the woods, the ledges, trail, unbelievable. Just go there sometime if you haven't. It's a great place to do this thing that I'm talking about. I was just at rest. I was talking with God, but I also was just like not doing anything but listening to the birds and the wind and the pine trees. And what happened in my soul was rest. And even while I was walking 10 miles, and I felt, you know, I hardly even felt it. I, it's like you knew, you know, as God, I, all I brought with me was a protein bar. That's all I ate the whole time while I was doing that. And I just couldn't stop. I didn't want to go at the end of it, but my knees said, go home. <laughs> so you get, you get what I mean? You've probably all had an experience like that, where even though what you were doing was a lot, you came out the other side energized and ready to go. And that's really what rest is for. That, that kind of leads me into my last point, that rest is not lazy. It's not aimless. It has a purpose. And okay, of course, this should go without saying too, cause it, but it needs to be said because I've struggled with this too. If you, if you are resting constantly, then none of it is really rest, right? You might just be being lazy. That's where... <laughs> that's a place where I've been in my life. So, but that doesn't mean that we can't walk in the things of rest as we do the work of our lives, right? If your life doesn't include any work, it doesn't include any rest either, because otherwise it's just all the same thing. You have to work to rest, otherwise you're just existing. But rest has purpose. It has... It has meaning. It has value. Look at the things that this verse in Isaiah 55 says will happen. Okay, give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. Do you want your soul to be alive? You need to draw near to God and rest with him. Verse 5, Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you. If we really rested and lived lives that were marked by the peace of rest, we could not keep people out of the church. What do you have? I have to have it. People want it. People want it so bad, and it's keeping so many distracting industries in business, just people's desire for rest. We will summon the nations to us if we live lives marked by this peace. It will happen. Speaking of peace, verse 12, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Everybody wants that. Verse 13, instead of thorns, pine trees will grow. You'll get, you get trees instead of thorns, trees instead of weeds, if you live a life of rest. Gardeners will love that one. Don't you want to see the things that you put your hand to grow up and prosper instead of withering? You know that you can work on stuff too much, right? 
Some plants, if you spend every day watering them, they'll just die. There's something to be said for that. There's a rhythm. And the rhythm that I'm suggesting, instead of, instead of seeing rest as aimless, we need to see rest as a rhythm. And the rhythm God has given us is called the Sabbath. And this is so challenging to me. I've just finished reading a book called Sabbath. It's by Dan Allender. We talked about it. We had it when, right when Evan and Sarah first came to our church. We were doing a series about rest. And I didn't read it then because I'm just rebellious. I don't know. But I read, I read it recently, like this past month. And it is amazing. What a challenge to think of taking a whole day to rest, not taking care of anything that needs to be taken care of, just letting your heart rest. It's amazing what would happen. For one thing, the other six, we would know that we needed to work on those days if we were taking one whole day to rest our hearts. But for another, it would set us in this rhythm of life and, and increasing power in the Lord. I heard a pastor say one time that God didn't give us rest. Like, we don't rest from things. We rest towards things. We rest for what's coming next. Not because we killed ourselves the past week. We rest because what's coming next is amazing. So, what I want to do take a little time to try it together. Guys, we can live lives, and it might be easier to do at church, but this can translate everywhere. We can live lives that pay attention to the true reality of God and and rest in his presence, rest in his love, rest in his grace over us. We can do that through prayer. We can do it through just being out in his world. We can learn to delight in things and welcome God into our joy. Here's one that's not, this is not in my notes, but let me just say this. Like, welcoming God into your joy is a great, another great way to find out if something you're doing can be restful. If you think about inviting God into something you're doing and you know that God wouldn't want to be part of that thing, then that's not rest. Even if it's like not a bad thing, even if you just know that God would be like, I, I have more for you than that, then it's probably not rest what you're doing. As we welcome him into our delight, and as we learn to live in a regular rhythm, Jesus modeled it. He would just go away. He didn't even tell people where he was going, which sometimes is essential to actually resting. But he only, had, I mean, he only had three years to do all the things that he came to do. You know that, right? And he would spend whole days away by himself. And like, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. Like, You might think that your life is too busy to spend a whole day each week just resting in the Lord, but I'm just telling you that that's what he said we can do. It's actually a privilege if we'll embrace it. challenge to my heart. I mean, 
I'm saying this all to you, but I'm honestly going to tell you that I'm not doing all of this right now. I'm starting to, though. And that's really all we can say a lot of times. Let's just start together. Can we do that? Um, maybe if Sarah or Karen could come up, let's just try a little bit of rest together in the little bit of time that we have left. You can stay seated, you can stand, you can pace around, whatever you want to do. But what we're going to do is just enter into some rest. It could feel awkward. You might be a little bit out of practice. You know when you like... Maybe it's just me because I learned so late, but you know when you like get on a bike for the first time after like three years and that first like push of the pedal, you're like, okay, what's going to happen right now? Am I going to fall or am I going to go? That's kind of what anything that we're out of practice with can be like. I, what's going to happen when I rest? So Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now to do whatever you would want to do in our hearts. Give us a longing for true rest and don't ever let us be satisfied with anything other than the real thing. In my experience, the first thing that will happen when you try to rest is all the things that you need to do and take care of and everything that's stressing you out will just rise to the top immediately. Okay? So what we're going to do first is just every single thing you can think of that's even a little bit stressful to you, just offer that to God in prayer right now, one at a time for as long as it takes. Just tell him about each one of those things. We just want to clear, set a clear baseline. Anything that you can think. So like, God, uh, my car doesn't work. I need to buy another car. My son is not feeling well. I want to do a good job telling people about your truth, and I don't know if I have. I don't know what's going to happen when we rest together. Things like that. You just got a little window into mine. And so once you've offered those to the Lord, you can know that he's now holding those for you. You can picture him holding those things in your hand. He's not going to let them fall to the ground or let the, you know, let things drop that need to be held up, okay? But anytime that comes back to your mind, you can just let it go and let, let God hold on to it. And then as you're doing that, as you're finishing, if it, if it takes you though, we got you know, four, five, seven more minutes of this. If it takes you the whole time to just release all the stressful things, then that's what you needed to do today. So don't worry about it. There's no pressure or no judgment in that. As you're releasing those things to God, just begin to be conscious of his presence. Like that song we were singing earlier, let us become more aware of your presence. Just... Say yes to the reality that God welcomes you as his child unconditionally with all the rights and privileges of a child. 
of a prince in the kingdom, princess. Receive forgiveness and mercy. And let go of trying to earn those things. pay attention to what's real. The reality of God is more real than the realest thing that we ever see. And by the way, you don't even have to believe in Jesus to do this. He'll still give you rest as you draw near to him because he wants to have a lifelong relationship with you. True rest is only found in him. You'll look the whole world over twice and never find it except in him. And if you just open up that door in your heart to him, he wants to come in, live with you, fellowship with you. He wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to save you from the power of darkness. Again, it's only him that can put silence in your soul. Those voices that always talk to you, only God can bring silence in there. And we're asking for that right now. Jesus, would you put holy silence in our soul that we would hear your voice only? Um, there's a couple things that might start to happen while you do this. One of them is you might get really sleepy. And um, just being honest, and there's no like guilt or shame in that. If any pastor has ever told you it's okay to fall asleep in church, I don't know. Right now it's okay. Because if, what, if the only thing that happens when you start entering into rest is that you want to fall asleep, it just means that you need to sleep more than you do. Rest is not super complicated. The Bible says that the Lord gives sleep to the ones he loves. It's a simple, practical way to be more rested, is sleep more. It's amazing how things feel worse and more dire and more terrible when you're on five hours of sleep than they do on eight. It just makes a difference. So if all you feel is sleepy, you know, don't worry about that today. But keep doing this until you can enter into rest at a time when you're awake. And then watch what happens. Another thing that might happen is God might 
start bringing things to mind that are things of delight for you. Just welcome him in and say like, yes, God, thank you for this amazing thing. And just delight in something with him if he's bringing something to your mind. There are a lot of other things that could happen. Another one is that you might start getting nervous. You might feel anxiety rise up in you. Um, That's probably the sign of one of those dreams that I was talking about, the real things that are in your heart wanting to come to the surface and you not wanting to maybe wrestle with that. (laughs) But pay attention. Ask God what's really going on in your heart. And just rest in that. Just offer it to him. Like, this is what I feel. This is what I really want to spend my time on. Help me to not be distracted and move towards this. It's weird to say that resting is a skill, but it is. The more you do it, the easier it'll be. And even more than that, it's a skill that we have to have. I, I really believe it. We won't summon the nations until we know how to walk in the rest that Jesus offers. But when we do, we will walk in a life of peace and joy that is radically different from anything else the world has seen or will see. So just receive from God today. There's nothing that you have to do. You don't have to get prayer or pray for anyone right now. Just receive directly from the Holy Spirit what he has for you. I encourage you to take as long as you need. It's 11.33. If you're going to Life Track, it starts at 12. You've got some time. If you have kids to pick up from kids ministry, you have less time. But you still have some time. As you go, guys, may uh, may God's peace follow you and chase you down at every turn. May you be totally unsatisfied with anything other than true rest. And may you know where to find it and go there quickly. And may the God of peace bless you with all comfort in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Stay around as long as you need to. Just rest and let it be just the beginning.